0: My name is Jeff Perry. My wife Patsy and I have been pastor in this church since 1988. From Friday night services we went on uh, started in 92 with Sunday services at Desmet Jesuit High School. We named it St. Louis Family Church then and then we moved here in the Valley and in ni- 1993, 6 months after we moved in, we had a little temporary deal called a flood. We got in and out. We came back. We're coming back stronger than ever every day. And uh, our future is bright because Jesus lives big in us. And his word is a lamp to our feet, it's a light to our path. This is a Bible based, Jesus centered church. We believe you must be born again, which means there's a surrender and a dedication. It goes beyond just religious uh, formality, it's a personal relationship. It's available through Jesus. He died so we could live, He came to destroy the works of the devil. The devil is an interesting evil being. He used to be angelic, now he's demonic, he's wicked, and he comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He's called the thief, he's called the father of lies, and so we just, on a week-by-week basis, come together to reiterate these things. I'm here to stir up your sincere minds by way of reminder, and uh, it, it says in 1 Corinthians 3, 6, that Paul the apostle planted seeds, Apollos, who was one of Paul's disciples watered. And, you know, when you plant a seed and then you water it, it'll germinate and grow. And God causes the growth. We have a growth potential. And in living things grow. We're to grow up, it says in Ephesians 4, in all aspects in him. So I'm, I'm holistic about this. I believe God wants us to grow up spiritually. Socially, relationally, financially, in terms of our giftings to develop our skills, talents, resources. We're to grow as a, as a local church body uh, where the, the Bible calls us the body of Christ and we're a localized expression of that. And uh, we're to grow in our mission. We're to grow in our vision. And it says in, in Psalm 92 that when we're planted in the garden of God, we'll bear fruit as we get older and older, and uh, th- there is that possibility of actually flourishing uh, in an incline throughout the seasons of our lives. As our days are, so shall our strength be. So, uh, you know, he, he, is, he brought forth his people with joy in the Old Testament, his chosen with gladness, and there was not one feeble among their tribe. So I believe Jesus came to give abundant life. I also am not in denial about how challenging and wicked and harsh the world is. I'm not in denial about how stupid my flesh is. That's why I want to stay on the Word and keep my body under and sow to the Spirit so I don't sow to the flesh, right? But I believe that we're partakers of His divine nature. I believe if anyone is in Christ, he or she has become a new creation. And that the old things have passed away, and behold... New things have come, and this is what I want to unpack today. I want to bring some of those new things. I want to use our moment together, trust in God that he'll give us this day our daily bread, that it'll be all about Jesus and all about you flowing with Jesus under his headship. He's the firstborn of many brethren, and that he has a plan. He's our example. He's our Savior. He's our Lord. He's the one that puts us in awareness of his purposes and his plans. And uh, I am trusting for big things to take place in here, a stimulation of the something called the spirit of faith. So my teaching in the last few weeks has been about David, King David, and who was a man after God's own heart, right? And the Bible says that he served the purposes of God in his generation and then he died. So that summed up his whole lifespan. Now we read about him, and he wrote most of the Psalms in the Bible. He was a great warrior. He was a great king. He was also, uh, he had seasons where he lapsed into contemptible, deplorable sin and failure. And yet, the guy kept running to God. He ran to God when he had a victory and an achievement. He ran to God when he failed and needed to repent. And that gives us an example and a, a pattern. But one of the things that I saw that stood out about David was that he inquired of the Lord. He inquired of the Lord. And he, he didn't do it just one time and then go on autopilot. He didn't go, yeah, you know, I'm a professional, and I, I'm anointed, and I, I know things about God, and so I'm just going to go make a lot of decisions now. Let's do something lest we do nothing. No, he checked with God on a moment-by-moment basis in prayer, and, and whatever word had been laid out through Moses, he studied it. And so here we are in the same In our event and in our season, he's long past, but Jesus is the son of David and he sits on the throne of David, and David is a terrific example. Romans chapter 15, verse 4 says the things that were written in earlier times were written for our instruction, uh, so that through perseverance and the encouragement of scriptures, we might be miserable, we might be nervous. We might be ill-equipped. No, that we might have hope. We might have hope. Everybody say, we might have hope. See, we fix our hope on the living God, and this hope is the anchor for our souls. And our world right now today, and I shared this on Friday night, is you don't really need me to tell you this, but it's gripped. It's gripped with a morbid sense of hopelessness, uh, alienation, and isolation. I think of the... Folks up in the Pacific Northwest with the, uh, the tech bank that just folded. And think about, I saw a woman who you know, has an um, ancillary business and she had $10 million in the bank. Well, the FDIC only guarantees a quarter of a million. And she just politely basically said, that proportion-wise isn't going to cut it. So there's a jolt of nervousness in that situation. And the Bible didn't say there would be shaking and there would be rain that would come and wind that would blow. I mean, this church historically came through a natural disaster, the great flood of 93. That's 30 years ago this summer. And came over, came through it, overcame, we did. David faced Goliath and he conquered. Joshua and Caleb were responsible to enter into a promised land. And we're going to look at this in a minute. Famous verses, familiar verses. And how their contrast of inquiring of the Lord, which produces that spirit of faith, or just looking at the circumstances and embracing a bad report and making bad conclusions. This is potentially a pivot point for each one of you. This is an opportunity for us to choose this day which inclination we're going to lean toward. Uh, Do we have a faith bias or do we have a fear bias? And I I yesterday studied for about an hour in the window bay over there in my concordance and wrote down every reference that I could find from Genesis to Revelation on the different spirits in the Bible. And it started out with Genesis 1-2, the Spirit of God. He hovered over the waters when the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit were doing their business and creating, and the earth was formless and void. And everybody say, then the Spirit of God was moving. And the Spirit of God is moving. And like Lisa's saying, you know, we, we just want the Holy Spirit moving in this situation. He, he's our teacher. I'm, I'm inviting him in. We prayed here almost all day yesterday. And uh, for you, we're praying about our church. We're praying about the United States. Uh, I have five grandkids, and I'm launching them into the future. And I am pray- I intend to be a man of prayer. She intends to be a woman of prayer. We intend to be a house of prayer for the nations Not just St. Louis local area, not just me and my own, uh, not just our region, not just our church and no other. We're believing God for a harvest amongst the lost and a revival in the church. And I say that for the nations. My board members, one board member is in Norway right now visiting his children. And my other board member is in Brisbane, Australia pastoring a church. We're international here. We believe in signs and wonders for the nations. He said, lift up your eyes, the fields are white to harvest. So I'm preaching for your edification. I'm preaching for your, to exhort you to move forward in real bold faith going forward in these upcoming days, realizing that I'm watching the same news cycle you are, but it's how we respond to the news cycle. Good news puts stabilizing on your bones. A bad report will suck the juice out of you. It'll it'll dehydrate you spiritually. And so we here have to fend off fear. And the good news is this. 2 Timothy 1.7, Paul told Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of timidity. It says in New American Standard. I love the King James. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and discipline. King James says it, I think better, a sound mind. You feel like you're losing your marbles, Fear not. He's given you a spirit of a sound mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Uh, I, I pray you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Romans 12, 1 and 2. We present our body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service of worship. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Can you imagine a potential to be transformed out of nervousness and fear and insecurity into faith? Can you imagine being transformed out of a lethargy and apathy and into vibrancy and enthusiasm? Can you imagine being transformed out of sickness and into healing? Can you imagine being transformed out of emptiness into fullness can you imagine being transformed from being a lost, dead sinner to being activated? But you hath he quickened, it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, King James, who were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the prince and power of the air of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. The reason there's so much... Uh, futility and hopelessness and morbidity is because the spirit that works in the sons of disobedience has seen to it. It's a spirit. And when I was studying about spirits, uh, I, ta- I read about uh, there's there an unclean spirit. There's a familiar spirit. There's a sp- spirit of divination. Those are literal spirits. And then there are people there that expresses more of an attitude, like a cool spirit. Now, that's not like there's a spirit that has uh, Oakley sunglasses and, 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 you know, perfect hair. It's like a cool, I got a cool spirit coming on me. No, it's like I've got a calmness in my demeanor. So I want to be careful with what I say about what is a specific disembodied spirit. Like angels are ministering spirits. They are literally spirit beings. Lucifer is a fallen spirit being, right? The Holy Spirit is God the Spirit. I mean, it's awesome, guys. Hallelujah. And you get some revelation on this, and there's so much goodness packed in it. And uh, I think this is why David inquired of the Lord. I think that's why we're here today. We, we pressed in in praise and worship and affirmed and asserted who God is. We told him how much we love him. We expressed that we trust him. And, and as we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, there's a brain shift. There's a power shift. There's an emphasis shift where it's like, I'm going to get my mind stayed on you. Oh, I, I, God had me in mind when he came up with praise and worship due to how introspective I get in my personality. That I could cave in on that kind of stuff. So it's good to get outward looking unto Him, looking unto Jesus, the Author and the Perfector of our faith. Who is glad for that? I, I need that, and I th- I feel like it's not just a sacred cow. Well, we, why would we start church services with? That's just a tr- religious tradition. Let's start uh let, let's start out with Krispy Kreme and, and uh, coffee. Well, you could do that too, but. We enter in, It doesn't say enter in with Krispy Kreme and coffee. It says we enter into his gates with Thanksgiving. Krispy Kreme and coffee has its place. For me, it's the Krispy Kreme has to go. Deep fried sugar bread, it, it goes right here. So I want to command the spare tire to be thou removed. So I have to change, so I have to modify. I, have to ch- I can't just go, in Jesus' name, I rebuke these calories and throw down a whole pallet of Krispy Kreme donuts can't do it. I've tried it. I've tried it. Theologically, I thought it would work. It didn't work. It was false doctrine. So now here we are. And the living bread that Jesus gives us is a good supply and it's nutritious spiritually, right? Hallelujah. Sorry if I took away your Krispy Kremes. Anyway, here we are. Got, we're, ha- we're having them for Easter along with carrot sticks. And if you eat the carrot sticks with it, it cancels it out. All right, there we go. There we go. That's how it goes. But I want to turn to a couple places in the word, okay? And I want to contrast the spirit of faith and the spirit of fear. Since they're both called a spirit, I think it's important that we who are endeavoring to walk in the spirit, God is a spirit, he's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness through his spirit, he's given us every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, that he can sanctify us entirely, that our whole spirit and soul and body could be preserved complete till the day of Jesus Christ, right? I believe he'll strengthen our marriages. I believe he'll stabilize our thought processes. I believe he'll intervene and help us with wisdom about our finances. I believe he'll visit us on our relationships and help stabilize them and create favor, favor with our neighbors, favor with our kids and grandkids, favor all around about us, amen? So 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is really something because... Um, we're going to go here really quickly and then spend the, the remainder of the time we have together in Numbers chapter 13. Um, we're going to talk about Joshua, Caleb, and the spies, and Moses sending them to the promised land. But right now, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 quickly, and I want to show you an amazing truth of something called the spirit of faith. Faith pleases God. Faith is, is, is trusting God. Faith has assurance that even though things are um, not in our five physical senses or necessarily sensory reinforced, it is a reality. And God's word is substantial, and his promises are true, and his personality is is, uh, indicated, his characteristics are defined. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus is the exact representation of the Father's nature. He is absolutely Clear. He's a person of history. He's not just a swami from antiquity that got influenced by ancient aliens. He is the son of God who came to take away the sins of the world. And it's exciting. And so Paul is talking about the ministry he received. And he said, don't lose heart. And he said, uh, it, the, the gospel, if it's veiled in, it, to, in any person's life, it, it's to those who are perishing. In verse four, in whose case, the small g God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. This is the work of the devil that Jesus came to destroy. And the devil has come in as a thief to steal, kill, and destroy. He's a mind-blinding, wicked being. And he's trying to numb and lull people into spiritual death and eternal separation from God. That's his vision. Because he can't, has no possibility of redemption. He rebelled against God in such a way that he fell from heaven like lightning. Jesus said, he has nothing. He has nothing on me or in me. They, 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 what fellowship has light with darkness? Zero. None. And the devil has completely uh, ruined any possibility of redemption in his case. Misery demands company. He's trying to bring darkness upon the earth and encroach upon the people made in God's image. Humanity. The crown and glory of God's creation, he's the deceiver. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy, as I said. Jesus, however, has come to give life and that much more abundance. There was a prototype moment in Jesus' earthly ministry where he gathered 70 people together in the book of Luke, and he gave them authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. He said, nothing shall by any means harm you. This was a prototype pre-resurrection moment where God was letting people know, I'm about ready to unleash authority on you. I'm about ready to give delegated responsibility on you. I'm about ready to give you the keys to the kingdom. And I want to have my disciples on this earth go out in the villages, and I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to give you authority over evil spirits, over sickness and disease. They went out. They came back and returned with joy. They said, man, even the, even the demons are subject uh, to, to us in your name. He said, okay, yeah, good. But don't just rejoice in that. Stay centered. Rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. Keep the big deal the big deal. Don't get in. uh, The outcomes are good and the authority is great and running demons off and setting captives free and bringing healing to the sick. Fantastic. But don't overlook the most important and most significant aspect of this, I am coming to restore you back to God and wash you clean and get you free from the consequences of sin so you can have a relationship with God and walk with Him in unity and fellowship for the rest of exi- your existence into eternity. So you don't even have to fear death. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. Even if you die, you live. There's that. So there's so much fear of death. People are so despondent over it. People are so f- preoccupied with it, but we're not to be. And there's something here that I want to show you tucked into these verses. So let's continue to read. It says that uh, it says in verse 5, "For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus' sake." So the main message is Jesus, right? Everybody say Jesus. For God, who said light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Isn't that beautiful? But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. If you have a new international version, it says in jars of clay. There were some students at Greenville College across the river. One guy was from, I think, Kirkwood and a bunch of them from different places all over the country. They formed a band. They found that verse in the new, I guess, reading the New International Version. And we have this treasure in jars of clay. Yeah. You have treasure on the inside of you. You have a, an anointing from the Holy One. And the Bible says, and you know all things. He's, he's gifted you with his very own Holy Spirit. His Spirit bears witness with your spirit that you're a child of God. He comes in and assuages doubt and comes in and imparts strength and brings clarity to you. You know the truth, the Bible says, and the truth will set you free. And so he says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Say, we have this treasure. So that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. Boy, that sounds like Zechariah six. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's a humble... Uh, a proposal God's making for the end time church right. humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God he'll exalt you humble doesn't mean have low self-esteem and just say oh no no I, I no humble is I accept what you've done for me as a gift it's hard to receive a gift sometimes what do I owe you and it's like no uh, God freely you receive freely give this is this is powerful what God's gifted you with and he's impacted you. He said he's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. And I'll show you what he's given us here coming up on the next page. He says, "But we have this treasure in earthen and vessels." And then he says, "For we and then he goes into a reality check. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed; perplexed, but not not despairing; persecuted, but not forsaken; and I love this struck down, but not destroyed. If I were to do a paraphrase, I would call it periphrase, and I would say, knocked down, but not knocked out. Say, knocked down, but not knocked out. And occasionally, that's the case in our spiritual lives. You know, sometimes we get hit with stuff, but always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body, meaning this isn't our eternal home. we battle through trials, many are the afflictions of the righteous. We just read that the God of this world has blinded the minds of the the unbelieving, but God said light will shine out of darkness. We're behind enemy lines. It's a fallen world. Wars, rumors of wars, bank closures, uh, uh, earthquakes, famine, pestilence, hate, strife, crazy land, opinions, conjecture. But we're not to be tossed to and fro. We're not to be carried about by waves and winds of doctrine. We're not to be manipulated by the lies and trickery of man. We're to go and trust that the Holy Spirit is going to guide us. And he, in fact, says this right here. He gifts us with something that is so powerful. He says uh, "He says in verse 12, So death works in us, but life in you. This is Paul talking about his apostolic ministry, the challenges of his own ministry. And he says, uh, but Corinthians, I'm, I'm, I'm a living sacrifice to help out your faith. But having the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we also speak. You know, there's something powerful and valuable about words. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. And there was light. Uh, Jesus cursed the fig tree to teach the disciples that they could speak to their mountain and commanded to be removed. The centurion overheard it, who wasn't even a Jewish person, wasn't a follower, and yet he uh, respected what Jesus was teaching. And he said when his, his, his servant was sick at home, and, he, and, he, and it was mentioned to Jesus, Jesus said, I'll go to your house. He said, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. I'm, I'm, I'm the occupied forces, and, and one of the, the hated ones in Palestine. And I'm here imposing on you um, as a people. But I'm not even worthy for you to come to my house. I'm not even in your context. But just speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. And there's, there's, this is this verse, this truth that that is is will counter the unbelief and the spirit of fear that is trying to bring this futility and this hopelessness and this, this morbid sense of misery. Uh, it, it, we, we ought not allow this to alight upon us. Uh, and we could do something about resisting it, holding up what? Our shield of faith. And what can we do with it? Extinguish all the flaming arrows of the devil, right? We are casting down imaginations. We're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. 2 Corinthians ten three through 5 Though we live an earthly life, we do not wage an earthly war. Our battle is is spiritual, and our weaponry is spiritual. And look, it says, uh, having the same spirit of faith, we have the same spirit of faith. And according to it, what is written? And by the way, one of our beloved verses, Romans chapter ten, verse seventeen, says, "How will they believe if they've never heard? How will they hear without a preacher?" How will they preach unless they're sent? How lovely on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. And then it says, so faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. I know God designed me as a preacher of this style for this hour due to the diminishment of attention span in society. i got to be quick on my feet. i got to be rapid fire. And uh, I know for sure God's anointed me for this hour. So I could get as much word jam-packed into your consciousness, get you so filled with hope, get your faith so stirred, because faith, it will move mountains. Faith is, without it, we can't please God. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. All the physics questions are answered in what Albert Einstein called the God question. He, He just wanted to know God's thoughts. That's what he said. Now, I don't know whether he meant it sincerely or not, but it says in Isaiah 55, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. But yet we're invited by reading the Bible to think God's thoughts. And those things were written for our instruction, and those things were written for our example. So here we see Paul talking to the Corinthians, and you hear Pastor Jeff talking to St. Louis Family Church uh on the sunday morning and i'm telling you something that we have received that same spirit of faith we have that same spirit of faith See, so he gives to each a measure of faith it says in romans chapter 12 faith comes by hearing. romans chapter 10 verse 17 faith is being stirred even as i'm preaching and since god has not given us the spirit of fear and it's this is called a spirit of faith then we have to have what first corinthians 12 says is discer- discerning of spirits we need to figure out what is trying to stimulate and get us into fear and what will fuel and build up our faith in divine realism, not, not, not denial, but, but, but strength where we're able to stand and understand each situation we're facing and know that corresponding to it, God has solutions for each of these issues that we have to deal with. Sickness tries to come on our body. He, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. Jesus healed because God was with him. Sickness is oppression from the devil. I don't have to receive this. And, and, or but he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. By his stripes, what he suffered on the cross was to counter my suffering in the world so that I can receive healing for my body and then... Psalm 91, last verse, with a long life, what? He satisfies me, huh, me, and shows me his salvation. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Trust also in him. He'll bring it to pass. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Just speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Jesus stops and says, I've not seen such great faith in all of Israel. It was a man that was not under legalism and the law. He comes along as an observer. He gets touched by that spirit of faith. He's prompted. He he has, even though he's this harsh Roman soldier from that crazy Roman culture, God's, he's made in God's image. He's the object of God's love. He was the reason Paul entered into ministry to the Gentiles. But it was premature. It hadn't happened yet. But yet, this guy taps in by faith. And Jesus said, That's, I haven't seen such great faith in all of Israel. All these people with the Bible and all the information. And you're here tapping in to what I'm, I want to do. And, and the servant was healed that self-same hour of, of, of terrible affliction. Arise and be healed. We serve a Savior who stood at the tomb of his friend Lazarus and said, come forth. And he did. In his own tomb, he came forth. It's empty. Why do you seek the living one among the dead? He's not here, the angels told him. He, he, he's risen just as he said. And now here's what it says No, so, but having the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we also speak. It is therefore imperative. That we discipline our words to line up and dial in, not with articulating what we don't have or what we're miserable over or what we're insecure about or what bad report has been generated, but we go into it with, therefore, nevertheless, the firm foundation of the Lord stands. Mountain, you must be removed. Yeah, I see that that bank closed, but God, I'm trusting you that the ripple effects will not uh, uh, hamper uh, my own personal situation. I'm trusting you. I hold up a shield of faith. Save my bank. Save my community. Cover it, Lord, and give me wisdom at what to do. You said if any, James 1, five, if we lack wisdom, we can ask it. See, that's the opposite of the spirit of faith, of the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear is like uh, timidity. The spirit of faith speaks thusly. It says the spirit of faith says we believe, therefore we speak. Why? Knowing, and here comes an Easter message, that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will present us with you. Now, look at quickly at 2 Timothy 1 7, and we're going to finish quickly with uh, chapter 13 of Numbers. And, it, and it's going to be good because I'm going to go quick because I have to. But, but, but you'll listen quick. Faith comes by hearing. This is going to build you up. You're going to remember the day that we changed our clock. Something downloaded and resonated in your spirit that got you through, that got you over your battle. And that's why I'm preaching this. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and discipline, or a sound mind. You're not going to go crazy. You know, he's not weak toward you. He's mighty in you. That same resurrection power operates in you, and his promises are yes and amen. Oh, hallelujah. Now, let's go back to Numbers chapter 13, verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses. This is the story of after uh, 430 years of slavery under ancient Egypt. Um, Egyptology, you know, they celebrate all the hieroglyphics and pyramids and all that stuff. you got a whole sector of people who think that they were trained that from aliens who taught them that. Uh, I think all these things were from emanating out of the Garden of Eden when God made Adam and Eve, and there was this amazingness of brain power in Adam, so much so that he saw animals he had never seen before, and 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 came up with something called names and and something articulated out of his creativity that had no precedence, and and, cre- and spoke the names of all these animals, and and I believe humanity has giftings from the Creator. Unfortunately, it's all skewed because of rebellion and the sin and the fall of man and the degradation that came with it. And yet, God is reviving and bringing help to his people. And Moses gets raised up and spends 40 years in the wilderness and gets through a lot of training and gets to a senior year in his life. And then he starts providing leadership to advance the people out of the bondage, let my people go to the edge of the Red Sea, parting of the sea, uh, as though dry land, going to the other side. And then he takes and picks one representative from all the tribes. And let's read this here quickly. They, the, these were leaders, and it says in uh, Numbers chapter 13, uh, verse uh, 2, it says, send out for yourself men so that they may spy out the land of Canaan, which I am going to give to the sons of, Of Israel, (laughs) look at that. So, if God says I'm going to give it to you, He's not saying go and see if it's possible. No, God knows that it's possible, right? So, uh, this is just due diligence. Moses isn't saying "Eh, in case we can't do it. He's saying let's assess what we're going to get ready to face. This is practicality, right? um, The my view on Christianity is that it's not evasive or escapist or, or, uh, or fantasy or exaggeration or denial. It's all absolute reality. We're facing the way it really is, but with the spirit of faith. Right? It's like, yeah, uh, I, the devil did attack my earlier life. And, yeah, the locust did seem to chew on the edges of my life. And some of those seasons were greatly challenged. Uh, but I was not, and I was knocked down, but I am not knocked out. That's the spirit of faith. That's not just optimism. That's not just attaboy, I'm motivated. No, that's the spirit of faith that will get on any person that will receive it and get you out of depression and get you out of the dry places and get you out of, 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 of hesitancy and get you going into advancement. Mm. Listen to this. Get these leaders from these tribes. So Moses picked all these people and named them. And then Moses, in verse 17, sent Them to spy out the land of Canaan, he said, go up there into the Negev, then go up into the hill country. I'm here telling you, go and explore what Jesus has provided. Go out in prayer and fasting in between now and Easter and spend some time seeking God about your future, about your church, about your community, about your job, about your kids, about your neighbors. I've got neighbors coming to church. I've now got several of my neighbors coming to church. I didn't beat on the door and say, "Would you have a few moments of your time. I didn't do that. I didn't buttonhole. I prayed for them for 14 years, 15 years. And now they're starting to come to church. And I'm believing God for great, greater things. I'm believing God for a repercussive impact up on these bluffs, over on the other side on the bluffs in St. Charles, all round about us. I'm believing for our urban areas of our city to be touched by the Holy Spirit, the suburban areas, the rural areas, people way out in the, in the, in the sparsely populated places, high and low. I'm believing God, every strata of society, saturated with the living water, the bringing people out of this morbidity into a place of abundance and breakthrough and blessing. So they went and they spied out the land, and he said, see if the land, what it's like, and whether the people who live in it are strong or weak, whether they are uh, few or many, how is, is the land in which they, uh, they live, is it good or bad? And how are the cities in which they live, are they like open camps or, are there, or with fortification? Uh, how is the land? Is it fat or lean? Are the trees are there trees in it or not? You know, make an effort then to get some of the fruit of the land, so we can see it and corroborate it, have evidence. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. And so they went up and spied out the land, the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob, Labo, Hamath. Then they came and, and, and had gone up into the Negev, and they, they went to Hebron. and. Uh, Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt, in case you didn't know. And then they came to the valley of Eshcol from where they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes, and they carried it on a pole between two men. Now, I, have, I was raised in Southern California, and we had grape vineyards all around the fertile areas where I lived uh, in the Inland Empire there uh, under the, the canopy of Mount Baldy. And I, I saw grape vineyards my whole young life. I went to New Zealand, and I preached, and, and, and where I preached, there were grape vineyards out on both sides of the windows outside of the church I preached in. I was in Sicily, and I saw grape vineyards that were ancient grapes. There, you know, I did a wedding here over by Herman, Missouri. There were grape vineyards. Were grape vineyards everywhere. And, but I've never heard of somebody going through the grocery produce line at Schnucks or Deerbergs or Whole Foods or Trader Joe's or wherever you shop, Straubs or wherever you shop, and have them say paper or plastic or a pole. <laughs> I've had people bag on paper or plastic. It's like, okay, they've never said, would you like a pole? Because there's a lot of grapes. That, that's radical. That speaks. That's why Moses said, bring some fruit. Bring some fruit. So just that right there would be such a hallelujah. It's like, you don't even have to talk. But they did talk. And look what they said here. They came back with that. And they returned from spying the land. They, they proceeded to come to Moses, verse 28, or 26, and Aaron and all the congregation of the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the, the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Thus they told him and said, We went into the land where you sent us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey, and this is his fruit. Now here's where they pivot. Here's where it goes dark. Here's that part in the movie where everything falls apart. Here's the part in the Hallmark movie where you thought she was going to start dating the guy, and then they (laughs) broke up. At the cupcake store at the inn. You know, and where the friend from high school came back and right? I'm sorry guys that I I watch homework with my wife. Real men watch (laughs) homework. Nevertheless, here's the pivot point into unbelief. The people who live in the land are strong and those cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. This brought fear into the camp. Amalek is living in the land of the Negev and the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites are living in the hill country and the Canaanites. By the way, God said all this already uh, and by the sea and by the side of the Jordan. So Caleb had to come in. Caleb, who in chapter 14 said he had a different spirit in him because he sought the Lord fully. He sought the Lord, his God, fully. He came in and quieted the people. This is the contrast of the spirit of fear and the spirit of faith through a bad report or a good report. They brought information, but then they spun it with, it's just too much, we can't do it. Caleb comes in and quiets the people, which is what you have to do. And, and he, Before Moses, and he said, we should by all means go up and take possession of the, of it. For we will surely overcome it. That's the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith speaks thusly. We believe... Therefore, we speak. So now you see the spies, and they were great leaders. They were the cream of the crop of, those, of, the, of the tribes, of the patriarchs of Israel. They had seen the parting of the Red Sea, Great things had happened. And yet, something happened where they got in the natural. They got in unbelief. They got in, in fear. And they said there were giants. And they saw Jericho, apparently. You know, when they crawled on their bellies and they were spying, they didn't have binoculars, but they were like, you know, covering their eyes and looking, you know, to block from the sun glare. And they saw, whoa, that city, Jericho, has walls. There are chariots riding on the top of those walls. I'm told in history that the walls were so big. It wasn't like a fence in your backyard or even a stone wall we see here in the older parts of our city it, they were like gigantic fortifications to fend off all the raiding marauders of the time, so much so that they could have chariots with horses and riders up on the top of the wall. And uh, they, they, when they saw it, they thought, oh, "We can't, we can't, we can't do it. We can't, we can't win it." We, we, they got in unbelief. And I, I want to say to you today, what are we going to do in 2023? How are we going to view? our situation going forward with the spirit of faith or with the spirit of fear and we see the example here the majority report actually was unsettling it caused such a disruption that why did Caleb have to quiet the people before Moses apparently they were wailing grumbling they were resentful and in fact they even said in another place did you bring us out here to kill us did God just bring us out here? to? Can he provide a, can he provide a table in the desert? They, 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 they limited God. They questioned God. And I don't, you know, th- these, were, these were written for our example. First Corinthians 10, it's, the example is they grumbled in the wilderness and they were laid low. They lusted after other things and they were laid low. So we've got to avoid that tendency to cave into a spirit of fear. And since God has not given us a spirit of fear... And since the, we have that same spirit of faith, let's just pivot. And st- instead of saying, nevertheless, all this garbage is here and we can't do it, let's embrace this dynamic that Joshua and Caleb seemed to lean toward, which was, I trust what God's word said. And you can just say, we studied this whole thing in Joshua chapter 13 and 14, when there was a, a d- d- divvying up of the, of the, of the, the land uh, the, 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 the territories that were Caleb and his 85th birthday looked up at Hebron, and I've been there. It's an amazing, rocky, hilly place where the giants lived. And he said, give me this hill country. Maybe God will help me to put a whooping on some giants. And he did. He ran the giants clear out of there. Now Abraham is buried up there. I went to his, the area where they buried Abraham and the other, many of the patriarchs. It's a, it's a holy place to the Jewish people. And the giants were run out. And when David later on, years, uh, generations later, encountered Goliath, Goliath was the descendant of those guys that got run out of town by an 85-year-old cranky conqueror that, would, that refused to quit. That's right. That's you do Did you hear what I said? Yeah. Craggy mountain conqueror. And a lady told her son, you know, if the mountain was smooth, you wouldn't be able to climb it. So, well, why is life so tough? It just is. And God apparently wants to create a breed through this lifespan for eternity where we get some of these spiritual truths before we go out and embark in the, next, in the ages to come. Right? So we're developing. This is on-the-job training. You say, Pastor Jeff, I just need to make sure we have enough money for groceries. My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He'll help you. I, Pastor Jeff, there's a thing at work, and it, I, I just do not know what to do. Well, Jehoshaphat said that, but he didn't stop there. He said, so my eyes are fixed on you. And he inquired of the Lord just like David did, just like Uzziah. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. I'm out of time. I could tell by the sound behind me. So the men who had gone up, verse 31, with him, they countered Caleb saying we can possess the land. He said, we're not able to go up against the people. See, this is the bad report, evil report that produces fear. The good report, uh, the, the, the expression from Caleb was, hey, God promised it. I believe it. We're standing on his word. So we are not able to go up against the people for they are too strong for us. They, so they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, "The land through which we have gone in spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great size." Now look at this as we close. This is why I'm preaching. God's given us the spirit of faith. Everybody say, I, have. I have, s- have the same spirit of faith. I believe, I believe. Therefore, I speak. therefore I speak, right? There also we saw the Nephilim. The sons of Anak are part of the Nephilim. Those are giants. And look what it says here. This is the consequence of the bad report and receiving that spirit of fear. We became like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Guys, listen. We've got to have a, we've got to have a shift right now of mentality and of attitude from the spirit of fear, which creates cowering, hesitancy, that morbid sense of futility, purposelessness, depression, we've got to pivot from that and say, okay, God, I, I'm not denying how crazy the world is. There was an earthquake. There was, There is war and rumors of war. There, there, there is crazy mishandling of the economy. There are, there are all kinds of things going on in the world. But I am nevertheless trusting you. You're, the firm foundation of the Lord stands. Your kingdom cannot be shaken. And so... I am not going to become a grasshopper in my own sight. I am more than a conqueror. I am the head and not the tail. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I, I, I'm going to conquer in this thing because it, 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 we, he said, we shall by all means possess the land. Say that. We shall by all means possess the land. Say that over your kids when they're, 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 they're rebelling. Train them up in the way they should go. When they're old, they'll not depart. Those moments, those seasons. God, I pray you send laborers to cross their path. I'm not going to nag them, but I'm trusting you to get after them. Right? They prayed for Paul the apostle. And he was like, he had a cattle prod. He said, how long are you going to kick against the electric cattle prod, Paul? He was kicking against it. And God got through to him on the road to Damascus. God had a, saw potential and recognized destiny on him and took that guy out of harsh, harsh, anti-Christ attitude and pivoted him, and he wrote half the New Testament. There's hope for all of our kids. There's hope for our our, our city. There's hope for our region, right? And we speak to those mountains and command them to be removed. We speak to the circumstances, and we acknowledge, yeah, this is a deal. Like the centurion said, my servant is grievously vexed, laying at home, Dying in the bed, it wasn't like Jesus said. No, no, no! Don't say that. Don't, don't deny that. Don't. No, he said. Oh, okay. I'll go to your house, right? Oh no, there's no mountain there. Well then, why? How would you speak to it to be removed? That is a looming mountain, and I'm commanding it to be removed. And this is what Caleb said. And by the way, Joshua and Caleb of these twelve, they died in the next chapter of a plague, the bad spies. God did not like the reiteration of an un- uh, unbelief and bad report and. The fear that came with it. The the Bible says the people's hearts melted with fear. Faith comes by hearing the word. So does fear. So we are the church of the Lord Jesus, right? We're St. Louis Family Church Second Service coming out of, of, of having daylight savings time and trying to figure out how to get that hour back. But let's all stand up on our feet and let's just say this together. We shall, by all means, possess the land. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. I'm not losing my marbles. I'm staying in the love walk. He's not weak toward me. My God is powerful and his power is working in me. His word is working mightily in me. I have the spirit of faith. I speak what I believe. I believe I will see the salvation of the Lord in the land of the living, in my lifetime, the fulfillment of God's will for my life, for our lives, for our church, for this region, the St. Louis by state area with the power of the Holy Spirit, signs, wonders, and miracles on a routine basis, many souls, many lives saved, hundreds of millions of salvations, to the glory of God, in Jesus' name, amen, hallelujah. Joshua and Caleb, did I say they did go to the promised land? Joshua and Caleb were the only two that made it into the promised land. Look at somebody and say, we're making it. Go out and have a great day. God bless you guys.